Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. Happy Picnic Sunday. I think I'm going to start with an apology today. For those of you who were here last week, you realized that I gave you the homework assignment to last till the end of time, and I apologize for it. For those of you who weren't here last Sunday, let me, let me explain just a little bit. So we were talking about the freedom of choice last week. We were talking about our ability to make a difference in the world, and that it would get better if we were more on purpose choosing our lives, if we were more in tune with our day-to-day choices that we make, that our lives would get better. And so what I did as a homework assignment was I said, all right, let's everybody here take one day, I picked Wednesday last week, and let's really analyze all of the choices we made. And I, on purpose, knew this would be somewhat difficult because we make hundreds of choices throughout the day, but oh my gosh, I really owe you an apology. So let me tell you how my Wednesday went. Well, first of all, what I noticed right away was I make way more choices unconsciously than I do consciously. Uh, I mean, I looked at, I had a little spiral notebook and I was writing down my conscious choices. And so the first one I had written down, because of course it's it's like the, this is what I'm doing for the day. So the first few were right in a row. You know, I get up, I go to the bathroom, I picked out what I was going to wear, all that made sense. And then I kind of lost sight of it. And it wasn't until breakfast, and you know, because I make the breakfast, what are we going to have today? Will it be eggs? Or, and then I went, oh, choice, <laughs> choice, right? I realized I was in my own restaurant <laughs> and that someone would be choosing. So then that one went down on there. And then much to my horror and chagrin, there wasn't anything else on my list until almost lunchtime. And so what I realized for me 90% of the choices I make are totally under the radar. Now, I hope some of you fared better, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're in kind of a similar boat. Because when I looked back at the day, of course, I did make hundreds of choices. What I did really in every moment was a choice. I could have done something else. What I also learned that really kind of freaked me out, I'll share it with you, and that's that when I wasn't choosing, I was making a choice. I was choosing to do nothing. Now, now get your head around that for just a second, because sometimes not choosing is even more important than making a choice. Sometimes doing nothing is exactly the right thing to do. You know, we tend to be doing creatures, right? I, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to make this decision. I need to move forward. I need to make progress. I need to do all these things. And oh my gosh, I'm out of breath thinking about it. The reality is... Probably more often than not, the exact right thing to do is nothing. Is to sit in the present moment and just enjoy it for its merits. So that's my apology to you. And you might say, well, well thanks a lot for that, Larry. But where, what are we going to learn about making choices? You know, 300 years, well, more than that really ago, the people came to America from Europe and, and, and from England with the idea of religious freedom. They wished 
to have their own choice around how they celebrated and worshiped God at that time. And they were willing to really go out on a limb. I mean, really on a limb. Probably all of us have had that trauma of moving somewhere before. Has everyone here had a certain amount of trauma around moving, right? And that was probably when we already knew what condo or apartment or place we were moving to. Can you imagine picking up just as few of your possessions that would fit in a trunk or two and not only go someplace where you hadn't already picked out your home, but to go to some place where there weren't homes yet? Really? I mean, think about it. The, the pilgrims that settled the, the eastern coast in the, the name of religious freedom, in, in their exercising their desire for choice, were willing to go to that length to be able to do so. It's staggering to me. As we were going through the 4th of July the week before last, I was thinking this country was founded on freedom and a commitment to freedom beyond any kind of a commitment that I've ever made. It staggers me to think of moving one's family across the world with no promise of a place to live with not even an idea of what life would be like. But then something else occurred to me something a little more somber. So here we are a few hundred years later, and you know what? People are being persecuted for their religious freedoms right here in America. Can you imagine what it would be like to be a Muslim in America right now? This is tough. Some sects of, uh, uh, of certain religions, even Christian religions here in America, are thought really poorly of right now. And, uh, and, and the idea of, of moving across the country or moving across the world, I wonder if we don't just take some of our trouble with us. I wonder if the idea of situationally changing our trouble, right? A new environment, a fresh start, a, a new way of being in the world, whether it's a new job or, or moving across town or moving across the country, you know, it offers up the promise of newness. It offers up the promise of making better choices and, and being able to do new things and, and freedom, if you will, leaving the old behind, stepping up, stepping out. Doesn't it sound like it's freeing? And yet, of course, what we take with us are all of our old ideas, all of our old beliefs. And for many of us, we find ourselves more or less in the same situation. Just different people, a different house, a different condo, a different exterior, but the inside stays the same. So what is freedom? If freedom isn't our choices, if, if my exercise last Monday, or last Wednesday, I mean, wasn't all that useful because so much of my choices are automatic, then what is to be done with this? How can we experience freedom? Well, first of all, I think we need to take another look at freedom because I'm not sure that it is based on the externals. You know, we've probably all read accounts of, you know, whether it's the diary of Anne Frank, whether it's the, the story of people that have been prisoned for a long time, we know that there exist people who really are literally imprisoned and yet who express great freedom in themselves, who don't feel that sense of being trapped. And yet at the same time, is there anyone in this room that doesn't feel 
even a, a little bit trapped in their own lives. Don't all of us have something going on that feels like lack or limitation? Whether it's a relationship that isn't quite as good as we would like, whether it's a job that gets stinky from time to time. You know, there's that saying, thank God it's Friday. Why do we say, thank God it's Friday? It's because Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday weren't so good. We're feeling a little trapped in those jobs, aren't we? To be honest, there are probably other things we'd rather do. Similarly, people feel trapped in some of the roles they have as mother or father or sister or brother. Sometimes people feel trapped uh, uh, doing certain kinds of activities or certain kind of jobs. We all, I think, from time to time, have that sense, that struggle, that feeling of being trapped. Let's talk about feelings for a moment. One night, a wife found her husband standing over their baby's crib. She watched her husband. He stood gazing down, and she saw in his face a mixture of emotions, disbelief, doubt, delight, Amazement, enchantment, skepticism, enthusiasm, and ultimately joy. Well, she was touched by this unusual display of emotion in her husband, that depth of it. It just, it showed on his face. His eyes were glistening. She slipped her arm around her husband's waist and said, beautiful, huh? Stunning, he replied. I just can't see how anybody can make a new crib like that for $90. <laughs> It's not the situation. It's how we feel about it. Everyone is going to react to situations differently. Each of us within our own heart and our own mind have the ability to experience rapture or despair and it may not have anything to do with the circumstances. Um, I'm going to tell you a couple stories today on myself, and one of them I actually hesitate to say because as I was preparing my talk, I could feel there was a little heat in it still for me. Do you, do you know what I mean? That when you tell a story from the past and you realize, whoa, <laughs> people and places are still at work in there. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to share it anyway because uh, I think it's an important one. So for about ten years in my life, I was drinking heavily. Uh, many of you know I've been clean and sober now for close to 20 years, but for a 10-year period, oh my gosh. And I was in a relationship with someone who was also a drunk. Well, I sobered up, and he didn't. And I got to tell you, living with someone who is drunk every day, when you are newly sober, it felt like there was an anchor around my neck. You talk about feeling trapped. It's like you put in a hard day at work and you're looking forward to coming home, only, shit, I'm not looking forward to coming home. It was making me ill. Now, many of you who, who have had any experience in 12-step programs, there's supposed to be the pink cloud. There's supposed to be your body's getting healthy and you're feeling free and you're having a sense of, of a rightness in the world again. And instead... I was coming home to more of the same. 
I never felt so trapped, utterly trapped in my life. I felt responsible for, uh, for, for my partner and, and wishing that he would change. I felt responsible for the living environment and, and finding bottles everywhere. It just was madness for me. And I'm pleased to say I had the presence of mind to go to a counselor. And she gave me a couple clues because she understood that it isn't the circumstances, it's how you feel about it. What she understood and what she allowed me to understand is that we have choices. And that even if we don't choose to act upon the choices, there is something magical about knowing that they exist. And she had me write down, uh, get a long sheet of paper, and she said, I want you to write down at least a hundred choices you could do to feel free in this particular situation you're in. And at first I thought, well, there's nothing I can do. But after a little bit, I started writing. The first thing I wrote was, throw the bum out. <laughs> and the second thing I wrote was, I get in the car and I never come back. And after the, the first couple were under my belt, the list started getting pretty long. Do you know what I mean? I realized that even though I felt trapped, even though perhaps legally and in some other ways I was trapped, this wasn't trapped. And even though I chose not to do some of those extreme options, right? There was a moment when I was picturing myself sneaking home from work early, putting all of his stuff out on the lawn, having the locks changed. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> and those were on the list. And I didn't do any of that. But boy, making the list up changed me. Because what I realized was that I was at choice. What I realized was, without requiring him to change at all, I could change how I felt about the situation. This was powerful. Now you might be saying, well, well Larry, if I apply this to my own life, you're saying I should just start feeling better about a crummy job? Or, or the marriage that isn't working out so well, I should just buck up and say, everything's fine. <laughs> and no, no, actually I'm not saying that. I, I certainly recognize that there are situations that need to be gotten out of, and that was one that I did get out of. I didn't take any of those dramatic approaches, but it was something that we worked out and I moved on. And for that perspective, those intense feelings of, of entanglement and loss were, were good. They motivated me forward. But what I will say is that emotions, those feelings of, of entrapment, those feelings of bondage, if they don't serve a purpose for you, if they're not the kick in the butt that gets us to do something, then why would we stay in it? Why did I wait three years in those horrible feelings of despair and loss? Why didn't I either do something sooner or start feeling something different. So that's my gift for you today. That's what my offering would be for you today. Even the source, a bit of my homework for you today, is to begin taking some of your important choices back. Maybe we can't be aware 
of all of our choices throughout the day. Maybe it's not within our nature to consciously make every one of the 10,000 choices, and again, apologies for that homework assignment, the 10,000 <laughs> choices that we make every day. But what I do know is we can choose how we feel about things. I want to give you one more example of this. Uh, This one's an easier example. So many of you know that Daniel and I bought an electric car and we're enjoying it. One of of the cool things is we we signed up for a plan and for $20 a month, that's all that our car costs to run. We can plug it in at any of the, the charging stations and it's just $20 a month. It's wonderful. It's such a sense of freedom until you run out of power. Um, so, um, yeah, so the rest of the story, I guess. So, <laughs> so about three weeks ago, we're, we're coming home from the beach, and uh, somebody, probably me since I was driving, didn't really notice that we weren't leaving with the battery full. And so we ran out of power on the Sunset Highway, about a mile from the nearest recharging station, and there was just enough power that we could pull off to the side of the road, and and there we are. (laughs) And I gotta tell you, there were some undercurrents going on between us. It's like, (laughs) yeah, it was like that, Sheriff. It's like no words were exchanged, but you could tell that someone, and that someone was probably me, should have been more on top of this. And you could even tell there was that undercurrent of, I told you about these electric cars. Are you sure? You you know, it was like all of that was unspoken, and yet all of that didn't really need to be spoken, because you could cut the tension in the car with a knife. So, of course, I get out my phone and I call AAA and, and just think, oh, please. And it's like, of course. They're like, oh, sure. We're used to this. We'll, we'll tell you, you know, the mile over to the Cornelius Pass and you'll be recharged. And, and uh, oh, but it'll be about an hour till we get there. And, uh, oh, did I mention this was at 11 o'clock at night? I think I'd forgotten to mention that part. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, what a blessing that I am involved with the person I've been involved with because he actually turned over to me once, once you know, we knew we were going to get rescued, but in an hour, he turned over to me and he said, well, is there something that we want to kind of talk through? <laughs> <laughs> Because what I realized was that no matter what we did and no matter how angry we got, no matter what our feelings were, no matter how, right, we're just going to be there for an hour. And it doesn't fill the battery up by being pissed off. And so we looked at each other for a minute and we smiled at each other for a minute. And I said, you know, You've been wanting to show me on our phones how we can interactively play some dumb game. Could we just do that now? (laughs) And we did. (laughs) And they came and they towed us and we charged up and we were home and it was all fine. And can you think of how differently that could have gone? I mean, that is the kind of things that long drawn out marital marital trouble are made out of. And we simply chose 
to think about it differently. We simply, in the moment, said, let's actually, we're going to be here for an hour together. Why, when you're spending an hour with someone you love, shouldn't it be a nice time? I want you to think about, this is your homework for this coming week, if you're willing, and I swear to you, it's so much easier than last week's. This is your homework. Think about an area of your life where you do feel that constraint. Now, it might be a job where there are just way too many rules. It might be a, a marriage or a relationship or, or something going on with a family member where you, you know that feeling walking on eggshells? Uh, it might be something like that. I don't know what it is, but I bet everyone here feels tied up or limited or bound up somehow with someone or something. Picture that in your mind for a moment. Think about, first of all, writing that list that my therapist assigned to me. A list of all of your choices. First of all, I think just by making the list, you'll feel better. You'll recognize that you have an amazing array of opportunities, of possibilities, of potentialities. Now, you may not choose any of them, right? You may choose not to do anything at all. But I'll tell you one thing, knowing the possibilities, knowing, yeah, I could walk out of this marriage. Yeah, I could quit. I, I don't even need to quit the job. I could just not show up today, <laughs> right? Make them be as irresponsible as, and creative as you want. But knowing that you have a hundred different choices, maybe a thousand different choices, will allow you to begin feeling more free. And then the second thing that I would suggest that you do with this area in your life where you're not feeling free is maybe write down a plan of how you'd like to feel instead. Now, it won't always be appropriate, right? When, uh, you know, when you're in the middle of, uh, of some angry words with someone, it, it, it may not make sense to suddenly like flip some weird switch and start talking happy nice to each other. But what I do know is that when your intention is to feel differently about someone or something, it will find the opportunity to work in. If your intention is, I'm going to enjoy this darn job from now on. If your intention is, this relationship is getting better because I'm getting better in it. When your intention is, we're going to experience some more love around here. Not sure how it's going to happen, and it may not happen all the time, but I'm up for it, and I'm experiencing it. When these are your intentions, when these are your plan, it will find a way of working in. All right, so we clear on homework. The list of possibilities, the list of, uh, of ways that you could possibly be free or that this situation could improve. And then your intentions for feeling differently. That's your homework for this week. Well, I'm going to close today with a, a quote from this thing called You, the book we're using from this month, and then, of course, uh, a prayer. Ernest Holmes says, Since no two persons are alike... There must be a unique place for you in the scheme of things. The divine pattern would be imperfect without you. Dare to be yourself. Dare to be free. 
Stand in wonder before the majesty and might, the choices, the beauty, the power of that divine presence which seeks its expression through your individual life. Accept all the good that there is. Whatever things you desire, believe that you shall have them. Say to yourself, I surrender all fear, all doubt. I let go of all uncertainty. I know there is no confusion, no lack of confidences. I know that my choices are limitless. I know that what is mine will claim me, know me, in fact, rush to me. I accept this gift of unlimited life for myself today. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence. One life, one goodness. And this thing, I, I tend to call it God, but, but no matter what name you know it by, it is, it is a giving presence. The gifts of life are eternally given every day, in every moment. The choices to choose, to accept, to embrace our good exist. And I know this means me. I know that whether I'm stranded by the freeway or, or whether I'm playing with new puppies, I can choose to make it a delightful moment. And as it is true for me, I know it is true for each person in this room, that each person here can hold and embrace ways of life that, that lift them up, that allow their hearts to sing. And, and no matter what uh, uh, society prevent, presents, no matter what rules or regulations, no matter what the roles would tend to say that you must do this or you have to do that or you can't do that, what I know is that there is freedom there are limitless choices for each of us in our hearts, in our minds, and in the world. And so today I celebrate freedom. I, I celebrate choice. And it is with great gratitude that I recognize the ability to choose in this room. That each person here has the options of choosing things that will uplift their lives, that will bring more joy. The ability to bring joy up right within their own hearts regardless of the circumstances. The ability, in fact, to choose an outlook of life filled with love, filled with the intentions of goodness. And so in gratitude, I release this prayer into the activity, into the action of the law itself, I just let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.